Deep down in your gut, you know there's more to life than waking up for school or work, going through the motions just to get by, and living for the weekend. But you're still scared and uncertain about what your true purpose in life is. Welcome to the Free Time Podcast, your very own community and virtual support group created to help you leverage your free time as a valuable asset so you can start to improve your mindset, learn self-empowerment skills, and ultimately find true fulfillment to move you towards the incredible life that was specifically created for you to live. This is more than a podcast dropping three episodes a week. This is a movement built around real people sharing real stories focused on helping you make the most of your life by becoming super intentional with your time. Brought to you by your host, Carl Sona. There's the outer game, the outer game of playing the tennis game, you know, playing golf, doing work, whatever the case might be. But then there's also another game that we're playing that's the inner game. And mm. it's the inner game that might e- either get in our way, we get in our own way of really living up to our potential and performing. And so how do we become aware of, of that voice or of that interference and really start observing from a place of non-judgmental observation? Yes. And Now, before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make a quick announcement. We're on a mission to build a movement here around the topics of self-empowerment, mental health, and personal fulfillment. These are all some really big topics that we all deal with as human beings, but also they're topics that will look a little different for each of us as individuals. And so I'd love to put a name with the face and learn more about who you are and where you are currently along your journey. So I'm super excited to announce that I'm offering free 15-minute Zoom phone calls with me in order for us to get better acquainted. If you're at all interested in this, please hit the link to my calendar in the show notes below to sign up for a time, and I'll see you there. Now, without further ado, let's jump into our episode today. Welcome to another episode of the Free Time Podcast, lovely people, and thank you so much for choosing to come and spend some time with the guest and I. Today's guest is Amit Rekar. Amit owns Art Coaching, and today we discuss that little voice that I'm willing to bet we all have in the back of our minds Anytime we're preparing to do something new, the little voice that says it might not work. How many times has that voice come up and how many times has it shackled you like a prisoner? Well, no more. (laughs) In today's recording, we talk about how that voice comes up, but how we should all say fuck it and do it anyway. We talk about getting in the flow and really just taking a sense of pride and joy with regard to going after anything that we all personally feel called to explore and aspire towards. So I invite you to enjoy this recording with Amit Rekar. Welcome to the show, my man. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Carl? I am absolutely fantastic. It's a gorgeous day out here in Colorado. I've had a productive week, man, and I'm getting the chance to sit down with you. So life can be better right now, brother. That's fantastic. That's awesome. Man, I want to jump right into it. I'm super excited to learn a little bit more about what you're doing with ARC coaching. I think a lot of people, you know, on the internet, it's so interesting the society we live in, right? Where, you know, just about anybody that has personal expertise on something can be a coach, right? If you've lived it, you've experienced it, you can coach it. 
And I love that phenomenon because for a couple of reasons, I'm of the school of thought that we're all doing this life together. You know, we're all having common human experiences. Wouldn't it be amazing if people could just sort of talk more openly and honestly about what they've lived, you know, even if they had a completely different experience than another, by doing so, it may just trigger some commonalities. So talk to me a bit about what you're doing with Batman and uh, what inspired you to get going with that. Sure. So with uh, Arc Performance Coaching, some of the key things that I am working on now is helping managers learn to have healthy, challenging conversations so that they can have them with courage and empathy and ultimately help create a culture of accountability, create better relationships, and then ultimately exceptional results. And so um, been working with, with managers up until now uh, in small businesses that have a, a social or sort of purpose-driven mission. And the idea is to, you know, uh, really help elevate these uh, communication skills, conversations that need to happen that, that come up, whether you're leading or just, you know, looking to do anything. Um, it's, it's important to be able to have those types of uh, conversations and, and have them in a way that that's productive, meaningful, um, and, and moving forward. So that's really what I've been honing in on. You know, it's it's been exciting leading up to it. There's uh, other stuff I've been doing with uh, with Arc Performance Coaching uh, around the realm of leadership, leadership coaching, and um, in in the mix of you know probably in the spirit of also the podcast of you know exploring opportunities. Uh, I've been really excited and grateful to be exploring opportunities with um, the author of the book, The Inner Game of Tennis, Timothy Galway, one of his business partners, uh, Valeria Pascotto, and doing some work around uh, stuff around teams and high-performance teams. Yeah. Um, so there's been collaboration around that. I actually just this afternoon came back from another meeting from another really super exciting opportunity to collaborate. And uh, I actually just posted on LinkedIn about that. But uh, yeah, that's kind of a, a very broad brush blurb about what's going on with me and arc performance coaching. Incredible, man. So Inner Game of Tennis, I want to touch on that. For those that don't know, it's a game kind of about tennis, but really it's about this sort of relationship, right, of the conscious and the subconscious, right? So um, a lot of my audience, you know, they're, they're focused on how to how to tap into that subconscious mind. Maybe they're not even aware that a subconscious exists. They're just walking around like so in their head, right? And mm. they're, they're, they're having feelings of frustration and unfulfillment uh, in sort of a, their current vehicle. And they're not quite sure how to really, I guess, relinquish some of that control from the conscious mind that's frustrated to the subconscious. Do you have any advice as to how to channel that or anything that you took away from the inner game of tennis, that book that you speak of that oh, gosh. people could take and just immediately implement and start to kind of forge a better relationship with themselves? Wow. That, that is quite a question. Let's see how well no, I do it. I'll address it this way. So yes. inner game of tennis where I really got immersed in it was actually, I, I was taking some tennis and tennis lessons, but I really saw the amazing power of it, um, of really tapping into the inner game was through my martial arts. I was, okay. uh, I was in Taekwondo 
um, started in 94. And so it's been a big part of my life. And um, how could I put it simply? So it, in, in most basic terms, the inner game, Tim, Tim gets into this concept, this idea of we all have, there's the outer game, the outer game of playing the tennis game, you know, playing golf, doing work, whatever the case might be. But then there's also another game that we're playing that's the inner game. And mm. it's the inner game that might e- either get in our way, we get in our own way of really living up to our potential and performing. And so how do we become aware of of that voice or of that interference and really start observing from a place of non-judgmental observation. Yes. And, you know, getting into the book, you know, he has, he talks about these concepts of self one and self two, and I won't really get into them, but I'll give you a sense of um, one of the simplest ways. So in terms of like a tip, um, take whatever it is that you're doing. And sometimes it might even be easier to pick something concrete, like, a tennis match or something like that, something you might do physically and start as you're trying to learn something or try something, you know, a, a, a often typical sort of story that goes on is like, okay, let's say uh, we're trying to do a, 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 like a forehand swing and we don't hit it well or we'll miss or whatnot. Then that, that inner critic voice that goes through is like, ah, you know, Damn it! I'm like you messed it up, and da 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 da. Right? We're all familiar with that voice, and so how can we start to just observe non-judgmentally and pay attention to um, the the way that we're swinging or the way that uh, we might have been looking at the ball, and from that place, it's it's the letting go of the judgment. Then we allow for our uh, natural learnings to come through. You know, we we think about how babies learn to walk. You know, there's they they get up, they fall, they get up. You know, they they don't beat themselves up for saying, "Oh my gosh, I'm never going to learn how to walk," etc. Like that. So it, it still might be a little bit of a sort of esoteric explanation, but to give you an example of like the power of it, I remember being in a tournament, a uh, local tournament, taekwondo tournament. And I was warming up. I hadn't competed for a number of years. And I was slowly getting back in the game. And I was warming up. And I pulled my hamstring oh, before my first match. And uh, the, the book, The Inner Game of Tennis, there's an amazing chapter on the meaning of competition. And, and this book game became my go-to sort of like mindset book. Um, and so just to give you context of, I was able to really tap into that. And I, I went on to actually win, win, win that division of wow. uh, that tournament with, with a pulled hamstring. Dude, look at that. That's crazy. Look at that. <laughs> I mean, honestly, just a testament as to um, how much more we have within us and that just how elastic we are, right? I feel like so many of us don't even really properly recognize the potential that lies within us because mm-hmm. we sort of get in our own way, right? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like somebody can hear that example that you just shared, you know, hey, listen, like a game of tennis, don't be outcome dependent, just focus on like sort of like, you know, the flow of the game or the mechanics. I, hearing that, totally understand where you're coming from, but for the, for, for the person that just has, you know, <laughs> has a ton of objections, that's like, okay, Ahmed, I hear that 
with learning <laughs> tennis or with any other random thing. But when it comes to my life, right, like I'm in a job or I'm studying a major that I absolutely am already terrified of doing because I just already know it's not what I want to do. How can they apply that sort of methodology into something that, you know, in their minds, they're like, my life depends on this. You know, how do people, mm. how do people let off that ledge of life a little bit? You know what I mean? And not grip it for, 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 for dear life, afraid to jump. Sure. Oh, you, see, I, you see what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'll give, I'll give this example where, um, so I launched my own leadership coaching business uh, I had been building it on the side while I was working full time mm-hmm. at a federal government job. I was at the Environmental Protection Agency, um, end of 2015, beginning of 2016. You know, I, I had I had a realization where it's like, okay, I, I want to do this. I had been uh, inspired in just coaching and teaching had always been a part of my life um, for you know for decades. And I thought about what what might it be for me to actually do this as a business. Yeah. So I started I started investing in programs to to help me build that. You know, you know, I, I love reading books and I'd read and find things. So I would I would get started in like, okay, how can I get started to explore uh, moving in that direction? I got to a place where I was able to to get clients and, and build my practice to the point where it's like, okay, I'm going to take the leap and and jump and do the business full-time, leave my ultra-stable six-figure, you know, I, I had been in the government for a number of years, I got to the level of six figures, um, great benefits, all that good stuff to run my own business. Mm-hmm. And I've been developing that for the last year. And what I found myself, uh, I found myself in a really challenging spot about a month ago where I found myself in that same place of desperation where I was getting so caught up on the outcome of like, yeah. oh my gosh, if I don't, um, do you swear on the show? Yeah, man, fuck yeah. Okay, so <laughs> what? Uh, if, if if I don't if I don't make this happen, I, I fucking failed, right? Yeah, yeah. I fucking failed, and so the, this just like complete black or white notion of okay, if I have to go back to get a part time job or go back to a regular nine to five. You, you failed at, you know, this dream or trying to launch this thing. And I realized, holy shit, like I lost the connection of just the joy of being in process. Like I'd have, you know, I have my conversations with my clients and I find, you know, the excitement of that. But but I, I got disconnected with how the process of building the business is the process of being able to have that type of connection and just completely lost connection to any aspects of joy of doing it, right? And this is where, you know, how you and I met and, and uh, you know, at this conference of how to be able to use speaking or stages as a means of sharing your voice and sharing your message. And I, and I love, I, I enjoy that. And I lost connection to, oh, Ahmed, you can do this. Like, you can find means to share your message in ways that you actually enjoy. And there's a lot of research around this too, you know. Um, the, the Happiness Project and, and Sean Aker, they talk about, the, you know, that when we're actually able to tap into our joy or happiness, we're also more primed and suited to perform and be our best. 
Right. And so for those that might be feeling like, oh my gosh, you know, like I, I don't have space, I don't have time or energy to do that. A couple of thoughts. One is, you know, what's just some tiny piece that you can that you can do and work on that that you enjoy and it doesn't have to be like a, oh that's just a waste of time that's a hobby it's like no there there can be lessons in there too to be able to see that that that's just a vehicle like the inner game of tennis like the tennis isn't the point the the deeper lesson is like how how you are finding ways to learn and grow through the medium of tennis, yeah. right? So similarly, if if there's a little venture or some interest that you have, there's an opportunity to engage in that, whether or not it's going to work, right? This is where I'm a huge follower of like Seth Godin and his work as well, where it's like that there's a beautiful holding of both truths that, here's this amazing opportunity and it might not work. Mm -hmm. And yet, how can we still lean through that? And, you know, Seth often uses the, the symbolism of how can you still ship your art and that you have something to contribute, something to share, something to put out into this world, you know? And you may think, oh, well, this is not Nobel Prize worthy. It's like, it doesn't need to be. Right, you you can still make your dent by connecting with someone, by sharing a piece of art, whatever the case might be, and it will definitely make an impact in somebody else's life. But it, it's the holding yourself back um, that that is not only a, a detriment to you. I don't want to say detriment, but it, it, there's a not stepping up into potential, right? For you to share something beautiful with the world. Oh man, dude, it might not work like those words uh, <laughs> like, i mean it, it's crazy man they're like shackles on one's life and you know with the whole free time podcast movement that i'm focusing on you know trying to get on in the world here really I, i'm my main goal my main priority my main focus is opening up conversations right by having people such as yourself come on and share stories about how they were able to overcome that it might not work. You know what I mean? Like it's almost more risky to allow yourself to lay down to those words and leave all of that amazing potential that like <laughs> lies within you than to go and do whatever that thing is and find that it doesn't work. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like people just need to be a little bit more willing to fail and a little bit more forgiving on themselves to fail too. You know what I'm saying? So tell, t tell us about a failure, man. Tell us about one failure that, you know, prior to you doing whatever the thing was, you would have been like, holy shit, like that's the worst thing ever. Never want to see, my, see myself in that situation. But you went ahead and did it anyways and you bounced back. You know, like, could you, could you just share that just to kind of give us a practical example of how it might not work is the biggest load of crap out there. <laughs> um, I'll I'll go with um, you know re relationships. Yeah, right? man, dude, let's go. Uh, just the like I I I got married last year, and I'm so grateful for um, for 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 my wife and meeting her at the time that I met her. Because both of us, we recognized that we we met when we met. We met in uh, 2015, 
Uh-huh. And we both recognize that neither one of us said like, oh, I wish we had met each other five years ago, 10 years ago, because we were not the same people we were five years or 10 years ago. We had to go through our own growth and development of being in relationships that did not work, being in relationships, you know, where I thought I was going to get married to this person, but the foundation of communication wasn't there or whatever the case might be. But if if I only waited for the perfect possibility of, okay, I'm only going to try to date somebody if I know for sure that they're going to be a long-term partner, et cetera, then I don't have... I, I never would have had the opportunity to grow myself through that pain, through the breakups, through the the quote failures at the time, right? Failures at the time saying, you know, I took a risk to open my heart, put myself out there to try to connect with this person, you know, all the way all the way from asking to go on a date with with this amazing person you met and and they say no. Like there's that small, it might not work, right? I took the, I took the chance, but I'm I, I'm still taking the chance to to be vulnerable and and be courageous and and to sort of as Brene Brown would say, you know, or the origins of uh, oh, I'm blanking uh, the president, but her book uh, Daring Greatly. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and so it, it's through that constant daring greatly. It's through the constant shipping of your work shipping of your art, putting yourself out there to, to go on a date with somebody that you want to go out to go out with. And it doesn't work, but the piece that that's not the end point. The, right. the, the thing there is like, Oh, you, there's the chance to learn from that. And I learned so much. And that, that's the scary part to acknowledge and recognize that it might not work. Doesn't end there. That it might not work is prime, rich, yeah. uh, rich material for you to learn, right? What, what's his name? Um, oh, crap. I'm, I'm totally blanking on names today. What's that? Uh, Usher. I think I saw some interview with Usher. It might have been one of his master classes thing. Yeah. Where he, I believe it was him, he said, I learned more from my failures than I did my successes, right? I'm paraphrasing yeah. here, yeah. right? And if you think about what he's accomplished in, in terms of entertainment and, and what he's become, it, it's how can we still embrace, um, you know, putting something out there. And then when we do fall, because this is the other thing that, you know, Brene Brown talks about is like, if you're, if you're going to put yourself out there for something meaningful, relationships, work, art, if you're really going to put yourself out there, you're going to fall. Hell yeah. It's guaranteed you're going to fall. And the the journey becomes about how do we learn to stand back up because that's where we learn. And then that's when we have the opportunity to create something beautiful. I was just talking to the the, the colleague of this meeting earlier today going, holy shit, to think, uh, you know, over a year ago when I was still at the EPA that yeah. I would be at this place where I'm having conversations with amazing thought leaders mm-hmm. like this meeting who have amazing connections, et cetera. I just recorded. So, you know, flow, you know, prevent, yeah, yeah every, like the concept of flow. I just 
recorded a, a, a bomb bomb video, and I'm actually going to be sending it to him to invite wow. him to be on my show. Uh, and that only happened because of the connections and the the steps that came along the way. Yeah. In order for me to get to a point where I'm fucking inviting yeah. the godfather of flow to be on a on a show. Wow. Congratulations, by the way. Way to take action. And I think you would agree that like flow takes a little bit of time, right? To actually like pick up and move with momentum. And so I want you to kind of take us a couple steps back, right? How do people make use of their time or what would you say to people that, you know, are not in flow right now? Okay. What can they do with their time to try to get in flow, you know, mm. piece by piece? What can they do to sort of just shake off the cobwebs a little bit and be willing to dare big, you know, be willing to try something new in order to try to find that flow? Because as human sure. beings, we're, we're designed to evolve. We're always growing, right? If you look around, it's now almost fall time here in Denver. I'm seeing the, the trees change. The, the trees are in flow. So people should be in flow too. How do they get there with their time, man? Mm, great question. A distinction I'll make is um, the, the, the idea of flow. I'm, I'm, we, we've all experienced it, you know, at small levels or big levels, you know? Yeah, yeah. Find yourself immersed playing music. You know, you, you've lost track of time. You know, things have felt uh, effortless. Um, and a lot of, a lot of uh, Stephen Butler has done a lot of amazing work, extended work in, in sort of the research of flow. So one tangible thing to explore sort of in your free time, go explore and, and think back on those activities where you have found yourself in flow, right? Whether it's music, you, you love, you know, yoga, whatever the case might be, Tap into those things, even as, as, a, as a child, the things that you inherently found joy doing, you just lost, found yourself immersed, lost, lost track of time, you just enjoyed yourself. That's one way to start reconnecting to that, right? That I, I found my own version of that where with the business, I found I was just so oversaturated on just thinking about the business, I wasn't giving myself time to recover and reconnect to the things that I enjoyed, you know, dancing, music, whatever the case might be. So that's one concrete way to start. Another way is if you're not sure what your thing is that you want to explore in your free time, this is where um, I, I love referencing. Um, yeah, no, please. <laughs> Garrett, fantastic. So Gary V, right? Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah, I think I saw him uh, on a similar question. He's like, oh, what if you don't know what your thing is? And, and he says, just taste and test, right? Just get out there and try things that you don't know. Uh, I, I remember um, after I finished grad school, I went from, you know, grad school and working and just like feeling like, you know, I always had some homework or something to do to like suddenly all this free time, right? Case in point. Right. I signed up for everything. I signed up for DJ classes. I signed up for kayaking classes. I signed up for hiking things. I signed up for yoga classes. I just was like, I just had a blast, right? Yeah. And, and I just gave myself the, the, the chance to taste and test and try a bunch of different things. Mm. And that's, that's one thing that I would say is like, if, if you're not sure like what, what it is that you want to do, you don't have to make it so heavy as like, oh, I have to find my calling and whatnot. 
that'll come, but part of that also comes from exploration, giving yourself an opportunity to try things that you're not used to or familiar trying, you know? And through that, you'll find, oh, nope, I sure as hell don't like that. And, oh, this is a whole new thing. I had no idea. And then you you let yourself get swept into that just Mm -hmm. out of, like, curiosity. What are you curious about? What can you spend just, like, 10 minutes just in your free time? Ah, you know, I'm curious about about writing or or poetry or, or lyrics or whatever the case might be. What can I do to just spend a couple of minutes to, to let yourself get curious, kind of like a kid gets curious when they play. They're just playing. They're just having fun mm-hmm. and, and, and enjoy. Let yourself explore the same way yeah. um, and, and let that be a starting place to sort of build momentum um, without forcing it, right? There's, there's being systematic and then there's creating a plan. But I think sometimes then what gets in our way is there's so many resources out there, so many podcasts, so many of this. And, you know, honestly, it can feel like a lot of noise. It has for me at times just felt overwhelming. So like, all right, scale back. What do I know I enjoy to do? I love, I love listening to music. All right. Let me, let me put on a set and just let myself enjoy it. Yeah. And then what can I explore with that? And so it can kind of just be a little bit of a treasure hunt from there. Man, I love that analogy of it being a treasure hunt and, you know, kind of how like kids are, right? Like I volunteer um, at Denver Mile High United Way. It's a huge nonprofit here in Denver. We strategically get together um, and try to tackle issues that certain neighborhoods in our metro area are facing. And so the other day they started off this exercise, this brainstorming exercise, we call it Design Lab. They started it by giving all of us, we're all adults, they gave us a paperclip. And they were like, okay, we want you to think about how many different purposes this paper, right? And so we had one writer, the rest of us brainstormed. And I think collectively out of the six or seven groups, there were like maybe like six ideas per group. Then the lady came back. She was like, hmm, six ideas. Cool. Okay. You know, studies have shown that when we do the same exercise with children, because they have like no limits or barriers that they put on themselves and their imagination for what they could be doing, they like literally came up with a hundred. So then she posed the question. It's like, I want you guys to do it again and literally like come up with ideas that are like the wildest things. Like don't put false glass ceilings in yourself. And it was cool to go back and do that exercise and like not be handcuffed to this idea of like, oh my God, I'm an adult now. Like I can't go and try something else or I can't go and like dream up this like super goofy, wacky thing that who knows could be that next best thing. And I bring up the point because it is just so freeing when we are just willing to just let it flow, man, you know, mm. and, and not try to like live in this like construct of this is a paperclip. It can only be used for paper. Like people will come up with the wildest ideas, bro. And I think the same goes for like people and their thing or their passion or their purpose is like, it doesn't have to look like what society tells us. You know, and I think things are getting better. You know, we're seeing more and more people being able to monetize or being able to, you know, <laughs> share their goofy talents and, you know, have all these crazy followers or whatever. But um, I think it, it really goes, you know, in line with what you just shared. Awesome. Yeah, Absolutely, bro. So you, you know, had a full-time job at the EPA. You felt a calling to, you know, really step into your purpose of being a coach. How... <clears throat> How realistically, you know, or I should say logistically, 
did you make those two things work? You know, because I think some people are just about ready to jump, but they're maybe talking themselves out of it, thinking that it'll be too much to take on. You know, was there a key, I don't know, a key push that just got you to be able to handle everything together? In terms of uh, leaping into the business full time? Yeah, I, I guess where I'm getting at, Amit, is I just want to know what your relationship is like what your relationship with time is like. You know, you had a full-time mm. job at the EPA. You started your coaching business on the side. What was your relationship with time, you know, while you were making that transition? And what is it now, now that you've, you know, made the full-on pivot into business for yourself? Oh, interesting. Just kind of give us, kind of give us a little idea what, as to what that looks like. Sure. Yeah. So while I was at the EPA and... Um, you might have heard the like in questions like these and like where's your purpose, where's your passion, what are you excited about? There, there's often um, a question I came across multiple times, but it's like, okay, if you didn't have anything to do, what would you find yourself naturally doing on a Saturday morning when you're not working? I love it. And, and it was interesting because I naturally found myself reading books like, you know, the ones behind me on, you know, psychology and development and communication and systems and methodologies and models. And so that's where, for me, you know, while I was full-time at the EPA, I would keep reading all these books. I would be reading books on, you know, coaching. I'd be reading books on business development, you know, entrepreneurs, blogs. It, these were all things going on, you know, in my free time. After work, on the weekend, you know, I was, I was grateful and fortunate enough to feel like, okay, you know, I, I have a real interest in some of these areas. And I came across, you know, some programs that helped to, to develop certain aspects of that for your business. And it's like, okay, I have the means to, to be able to invest some money into that. And so I'm going to invest some money in to help give me some structure to help develop some of these skills that I'm building in my free time, right? And, and where, wherever I could, this was one of the big, big mindset shifts for me too, kind of tying back to something you said earlier about what, what do you do when you find yourself, you're in a role and you either hate it or you just feel like you're stuck or whatnot. Recognize, one thing I, I say with my clients, recognize that you are empowered and you have ownership over your situation and your response to it. And one of the biggest reframes for me, I remember, you know, being at the EPA, feeling like, oh man, just, just, just not really the day-to-day work, the, the mission of the organization, totally related to, you know, to help human health and environment. Amazing work that's done. The day-to-day work that I was doing in my role, you know, very administrative, and just I, I was not connecting to it. Mm-hmm. But in the interim, while I was still figuring out if and how I was making the transition, one of the biggest reframes for me, and this was also in part help from um, uh, Tim and Valerio in a workshop I had attended with them on the reframing part is like, how can I look at my current situation and and reframe it in such a way that it serves me? Mm. I'm sure you you may have heard of this sort of in, uh, in other similar ways. And for me, I was at, at the EPA, right? And I was developing these tools, these coaching tools, 
learning through my years of learning about them and, and practicing them and sort of like developing and creating my own, I was like, holy shit, everything that happens at my work while I'm at the EPA is testing ground for me to test some of these coaching ideas and these tools. So I became my own guinea pig, right? And to the extent where I could help support, you know, I remember supporting one of my colleagues, you know, they were taking on a new project and I was helping, I was like, hey, I'm, I'm happy to ha- sit down with you and like help frame this. And I was, I was practicing some of the things that I was learning. So it, it served, I was still there, still contributing at the role at the EPA, but then it, it, it was a win-win in the sense of I found ways to apply that within my existing role. Yeah. And so that's sort of the relationship with time. Yeah. You know, if you can allow yourself to open up and, and take the beginner's mind, you know, this concept of, you know, if you, the paperclip, perfect example, example with the paperclip. Okay, we think a paperclip is a paperclip, but how could you create new ways of using this so-called metal object, right? Yeah, yeah. So how could you still create that new relationship with time to explore uh, something, you know, cr- to create an activity in time that where you, you didn't have time, right? Yeah. And so that's that. where, yeah. So that's where now, nowadays, it's how can I create more intentionality mm. with connecting to... Yeah. There's the work, there's the building the business, but also taking the time to reground to myself, yeah. connect to things that I enjoy. So that energy kind of fuels itself. Yeah. But it's coming back to sort of some intention, some regrounding. And, yeah. that, and that that's more the focus for me now with my relationship to time. Dude, I love it. Um, that intentionality is so key because people become agents of themselves again, you know, instead of sort of being reactive to this world where things are just happening to them. Like, no, it's actually happening for you, you know, kind of like how you position your job. So we're coming up on time here, but I want you to share with us where you're going to be in six to nine months. So I'm big on this (laughs) because I'm a huge visualizer, bro. I mean, I write down what life looks like all the time on my legal pads. I, when I'm having a tough time, you know, and just reflecting on where I'm at, I'm always sort of thinking about how my current situation is growing me towards where I want to be. And so I would love for you to share what that looks like for you, man. It could be life, you know, career, personal, spiritual, whatever. Six to nine months, what does it look like? And the cool thing that we're going to do is we're going to follow up with you in that time frame and see how you've absolutely crushed those goals. So if you don't mind in the next couple of minutes of sharing sure. what that's like for you. Bro. All right. I, I was just noticing that that I could give the safe version of, of what I want or like the stretch scary version. And I was tempted to say, oh, let me give the safe version Talk but let, let's let's go with, with the, the expanded version. So six to nine months, um, I I aim to be uh, speaking in front of audiences more, being on stages, sharing my story, and and specifically another vulnerable piece of my background and story, which I haven't really shared much at all. So being in front of stages, offering that, and and being as a means of really providing a lot of value 
because for me, it's it's all about how how can we how can I live with such an enriched life, whether it's through the vehicle of you know coaching or ha- having these challenging conversations. It's ultimately what is that what is that doing for us? Well, it, it's helping us to, to live fully, to live with more richness and and in connection. And so it's helping others to do that as well. So six to nine months, um, more stages, uh, having the opportunity to work with really, um, really amazing, great organizations with their managers, helping empower their teams and managers to really hold these spaces of challenging conversations to, to help really support their culture. And then in conjunction with that, you know, these business partnerships that I'm developing you know, I'll I'll want to be doing some amazing collaborative work with uh, some of these thought leaders that I've been in contact with, um, all all from the place of giving more value. From from that, I'm growing, I'm learning, I'm finding a lot of gratitude and appreciation. But then it, it's very much that abundance mindset of like I'm giving and I want to give value and share my story and then really open myself vulnerably through that story, not shying away from it. And, and that's where I want to be in six to nine months. Fuck yeah. I'm at Ray Card, dude. You're the man. <laughs> Honestly, I met you in a line at a conference that I had no idea was going down just a week prior. And I just happened to have some free times. So I went to the conference. I was in line oh. grabbing a sandwich. And I mean, <laughs> this is just context for the audience listening. And, and there's Ahmed. We hit up a nice conversation and we went out that evening. And, you know, here we are, man, collaborating, just trying to get, you know, some good nuggets of, uh, you know, life experience out in the world so that maybe it helps other people and, just really sharing our thoughts and ideas, man. And it just goes to show what's possible when, to your point, man, we're able to share our stories and we're able to put ourselves out there as openly and authentically as possible. So I just commend you for coming on and doing that, man. And I'm so excited to see you crush it, dude. I can't wait to hopefully like share a stage with you one day. Um, Absolutely. Let's do just, it. Just, just watch your journey moving forward, man. And uh, thank you so much for coming on here and just honestly sharing good nuggets of your life with the audience. It's absolutely invaluable and uh, I'm forever grateful, brother. So thank you. Oh, thank you, Carl. I really appreciate being asked to be on the show and and really amazing what you're doing here. So grateful, grateful to be here and to be connected with you, brother. Awesome, bro. I'm going to head out to the West Coast soon. We're, we we got to go dancing or something, man. You keep on yes. dropping that. So yes. you, you really got me curious about how <laughs> just how good your moves are. So I'll be I'll be part of the We're going to have to do that. <laughs> it's a deal. It's a deal. All right, okay. brother. Have a good one, man. You too. Thanks so much for tuning in. Remember, yesterday is gone and tomorrow is not promised. So there's no better time than the present to get into the arena of your life and to start moving towards your purpose and potential. Peace. Hey, I want to personally thank you again for tuning in. At the end of the day, I really do believe that we're all in this game of life to help one another out. And that the best way we can do this is through sharing our stories more openly and honestly. And so, if you like the show, please take a quick minute to leave us a rating, drop us a review, and subscribe for more. Also, I'd love to get to know you a little bit better and hear your story. Please head over to carlsona.com slash chat. That's Carl with a K, S-O-N-A dot com slash chat to book a 15-minute free Zoom call with me. And I can't wait to see you there.